Thank you guys. Rally across the state. You all can be seated if you're, if you're standing. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. And just now at every single campus, we honored uh, someone who's living a life on mission for the kingdom of God. And can I tell you something, Rally? The kingdom of God is worth giving your life to. And nothing else is. Tonight, we're going to be talking about how do we live a life for the kingdom of God. We're going to be talking about our career. We're going to be talking about our, our calling and, and what God has for us. Quick question. Does anyone here, and maybe you could use your phone quickly in whatever campus you're in to figure this out, know how many hours you will spend in your life working a job? Anybody? Any Seven. Man, you need to work more, I think. What else? Well, any, it, you want to know? 90,000. Over the course of your life, you will spend one-third of your, of your hours on planet Earth working a job, carrying out a career. How do we need to approach this? Well, in Rally, we're all about pursuing the ways of Jesus. One of the ways of Jesus is he told stories. He told, they were called parables. And I'm going to tell a story to open us up. Now, I, I, don't, I would never put this on par with any of Jesus' parables, but let's just, let's just go there. Y'all ready for story time? Story time. I've got kids. I tell them stories. Story time. There was a man that was born into poverty, single parent home. He watched his mom work multiple jobs, and he really, really had a hard upbringing because of the poverty. And he decided when he was a teenager, I want to pull myself out of this. I want something better for me. And he, and, and, and he began to dream about how he might go beyond poverty. He began to dream about owning his own business. He began to dream about a business that would become first in this industry. Like not just like a business that where he could just get by. No, no. He dreamed about a business that would become first in his industry. Well, he allowed this dream to fuel some effort. He started really working hard and got to go to junior college because he couldn't afford uh, a state school. So he's, he works through college and pays for it. He, was, he had good grades, so then he got to graduate with a four-year degree with a business management degree. He did so well that he got to pursue uh, his MBA. And in his MBA program, before he graduated, he was able to get connected to some investors because of all these opportunities that came his way through this, this MBA program. And after he graduated, he put on paper his dream business. And he brought it to some investors. And these investors, one of them, they, they bit. They invested just enough to get him off the ground. So, man, he's up and running in his one-bedroom apartment. He starts, he starts his business. This is his dream business. It's going, but he's making no money. He, he can barely make ends meet. He's working two jobs, so he's working to build his business from about 6 a.m. to about 4.30 p.m., and then he's going straight to be a server. He's waiting tables until about 1 o'clock in the morning, getting in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning and doing it all over again, and this lasted for years. But because of that dream in his heart, he persevered. He persevered through those hard years. And he fast-forward a, a, a little bit in, in time, and uh, he, he broke this deal that changed everything. And this deal brought a, enough business where he had to hire an employee, he had to go get a facility, he had to hire more employees, and the next thing you know, he's profitable. The next thing you know, he's making some money. The next thing you know, he's actually able to take a paycheck. The next thing you know, he's able to quit his job waiting tables. The next thing you know, a handful of years down the road, he's married, he's got a couple of kids, and he's hired enough employees where he can't even manage the employees. 
He, get, he hires a manager. He starts training this manager. Years down the road, as his business grows, he's able to actually have a management team. And think about this. Think about this dream life he's living. He's able to not even focus on the day-in, day-out operations of the business, the not fun stuff. He can focus on expansion. He can focus on his family while the management team runs it. He is living his dream life, almost. His business is still low on the totem pole, and his dream is that he might be the first and the best in his industry. So he pushed. He pushed his management team. He pushed himself. He persevered, and they opened multiple locations Fast forward a decade down the road, they're in like eight or 10 locations. His kids are doing really well. They're entering college. They're they're living what seems to be a successful life. His marriage is good. He's got this this business that's booming and it's one of the fastest growing businesses in the industry. But he's not quite there yet. So he lets his dream continue to fuel his efforts and he perseveres some more. The next thing you know, a a business publication comes out and he's number two in the industry and the fastest growing and on trajectory to overtake the, the number one in the next few years. He's so close. So he keeps persevering and he keeps pushing and then you fast forward another handful of years, six, seven, eight years, the publication comes out again and he's named number one in the industry. And this dream that this poor young man had became a reality. And his company throws him a surprise party and his family and they're all toasting him and they're they're just celebrating him and he gets to enjoy achieving this lifelong dream. Well, a handful of years go by and he's too old to run run the thing. He's ready to retire. He sells it, makes quite the pretty penny. He's able to buy a house on the coast He lives the rest of his life with his family, enjoying his time with grandkids until he passes away. His funeral is is wall to wall. His funeral is standing room only. And they're, they're just celebrating, people coming to honor this man. This man that achieved the dreams in his heart. Now, I have a question for us all to consider. Was this man's life a life well lived? A question, Rally, for you to consider. Was this a successful life? What if you were to live your entire life pursuing an idea of success that was different than God's idea of success? What if you were to live an entire life chasing a dream for your life that fell short of God's dream for your life. You see, here's one thing that I want you to understand. All of us, whether you've realized this or not, you have a yearning inside of you. You have a yearning for more inside of you. There's a reason that we have these dreams. There's a reason that, that man, we we feel, can I tell you, and, and maybe some of you really resonate with this and recognize this, you feel like you're not enough that you need something outside of yourself to make you feel complete, to make you feel whole, to make you feel like, man, I am successful. We have a hole inside of us that we're trying so hard to stuff with the next thing that might satisfy that yearning. If I could just have more friends, 
I would feel better about myself and I wouldn't feel what I feel. If I could just finish college, if I could just land that job, if I could just get this raise, if I could just get married, if I could just get that promotion, if I could just buy that house, if, if my life looked like this, then I would be happy and satisfied and I would be living the dream life. But take it from this older brother. No matter how many accolades and achievements you earn, it'll never be quite enough. Remember when you graduated high school? This moment, this big moment, right, that you've been waiting for, graduation day, and all your friends and all your family are there, and they tell you, don't cheer until the end, but everybody cheers, and it's so amazing, and you have your graduation party, and then it's over. And you're just feeling like, what's next? The same happens in college. The same happens when you land that job. The same happens when you get that new car that you've always wanted, and then, it's, then you're tired of it. Think about, think about your iPhones, right, or, or you know, Android devices. They come out with these new ones every year, right, because they know there's a yearning in us for something new, and we'll buy the new one that's no different than the old one other than the camera is like a little bit better, Right? And then you, you, you're excited about getting, I mean, this is a silly example, but it's so true. You're excited about getting this, this new thing. You get the new thing, and then three months later, you're completely over the new thing. It's not new, right? That is telling a story. It's a story of us yearning for something, trying to find something that's going to satisfy. And everything falls short. The hunger and thirst inside of you, young people, the hunger and thirst inside of our soul could never be satisfied by anything of this world. We have a hunger and thirst in our soul because our relationship with God, the very thing we were made for, has been broken by sin. And until that is made right and whole, we're never gonna feel fully satisfied. This yearning in our soul is God. Listen to me, Rally, listen to me. This yearning, this feeling inside of us, if I could just get to the next, next thing, the next thing, maybe then, maybe then, that yearning and it's never enough is trying to tell you, God is trying to tell you something, that you are made for more than this world, you were made for eternity, and that that is made for eternity cannot find satisfaction in things that are finite. The thing our, our soul is hungry for, the thing our soul is thirsty for is the kingdom of God. It's God himself. Jesus has made a way. This is what he says. He's made a way to be satisfied. We have been broken and Jesus entered into humanity to make us whole and right again. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The thing that our soul is hungering for is righteousness. What is, what is that? That is right relationship with God. That's, that's the right things happening in the world, doing the right things for the kingdom of God. This righteousness, that's the, like seeking that and pursuing that is the only way that we can be satisfied. I have a grave concern for you, young people. I have a grave concern that you might spend your entire life pursuing satisfaction in the world's definition of success, and even worse, that you might taste just enough of that worldly success to suppress your hunger and thirst for God. That you might taste just enough to suppress 
your hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, a pastor named Charles Spurgeon said it like this. He's talking about this passage. I thought this was compelling. He hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Listen to this. He does not hunger and thirst that his own political party may get into power, but he does hunger and thirst that righteousness may be done in the land. He does not hunger and thirst for his own opinions may come to the front and that in his own sect or his own denomination may increase in numbers and influence, but he does desire that righteousness may come to the fore. What he's saying is that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness lay down their own agendas, lay down their own lives to see the kingdom of God come to earth. Rally, that is what you were made for. I don't know what you're pursuing. I don't know what your dreams and desires are for your career. I'm not trying to say that those dreams and desires are bad. What I'm trying to say is those dreams and desire have to bow their knee to the kingdom of God and the ways of Jesus. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul. So since at rally we are all about pursuing the ways of Jesus, let's look and try to get Jesus' definition of a life well lived. Why don't we take a look and see Jesus' definition of, of success? What does success look like? Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Success looks like laying down our own kingdom and seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, 24 through 25, what does success look like? Jesus says, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. What he's saying there, whoever tries to find his life in anything other than me, you're going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, whoever's willing to lay down their own agenda, their own kingdom for the sake of the kingdom that Jesus is describing, you're going to find it. Success looks like denying myself and laying down my life, my desires, my time for the sake of the kingdom of God. What does success look like? Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, rally say, all that he has, and buys that field. You see, this man, this is beautiful. This is, one, this is, this is literally two sentences, and this is one of the most powerful parables of the kingdom of God. Because in two sentences, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is worth everything that you have. And this man recognized that. This man recognized that the prize is not what this earth can give me. The prize is not my possessions. The prize is the kingdom of God. And it is worth selling everything I have that I might attain that prize. You know, he knew the treasure far outweighs anything that I have. Guys, the kingdom of God far outweighs anything that you have. Matthew 13, 45 is the very next verse, and again, it's just two sentences. It's very similar. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had to buy it. You know what Jesus is saying in these two parables? You want to get the kingdom of God, you got to sell everything. Now, I'm not saying you got to sell your possessions. That's not what Jesus, like you have to sell everything. Maybe, maybe. I don't want to take that off the table. But what Jesus is saying is that you have to surrender absolutely everything to the kingdom 
of God. But it's worth it. It's the prize. It's the thing that we were made for. Success looks like releasing everything the world has to offer in order to attain everything that the kingdom has to offer. Realizing that the kingdom of God is the prize. The kingdom of God is the point. The kingdom of God is what you were made for, young adults. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. What does success look like? Jesus says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Stop. That's the destination of everything that is physical on earth. Everything that this earth has to offer, its end is that. Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Success looks like setting our minds on the things that are above, the things that are eternal, where Christ is seated, not on the things that are on the earth. What does success look like? Mark 10, 43 through 45, Jesus says, but whoever would be great among you, who wants to do something great in your life? It's okay. I want to do something great in my life. I don't want to waste it. You want to do something great in your life? Jesus tells us how to be great and do something great. He says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus Christ himself, the creator of everything, as we see in John chapter 1, he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Success looks like selflessly and sacrificially serving and loving others. What does success look like? Matthew 25, 40. This is a long story here, but it ends here and the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Success looks like compassionately moving toward people who are hurting, who are broken, who are outsiders, who are considered the least of these to share God's love with them. What does success look like? Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Success looks like loving the Lord with your entire being and living a life focused on others. I could have mentioned several more passages of scripture quoting Jesus on what a kingdom life looks like, but I hope that you get the point. I hope that you see that the kingdom of God is gonna demand you laying your life down. Now, let's let that sit for a minute. Y'all good? That was intense, wasn't it? Everybody good? All right, back to it. Success, success will never be found in the ways of the world. It will not, not true success. Not Jesus type of success because Jesus said the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. The ways of the world are easy. But he says the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Rally that we might be the few who will sell out for the kingdom of God. 
Success is not determined by the outward career outcomes in your life, but the inward submission to the kingdom of God. So what does success look like? It looks like being completely consumed by Jesus and doing all that you do for the sake of the kingdom of God. You were created for more. You were created for more than this measly life than this measly 70 years that you get. You were created for more, and God wants to to give you kingdom purpose that's gonna change the world and change you. You're made to live a life on mission for the kingdom of God. So let me, let me, let's ask this question. Okay, cool. So do I just need to like, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Let's just use that example. I've always wanted to be a doctor. I've always wanted to be a nurse. So I just need to like not do that? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. So you have these these specific calling. What I've been talking about is your calling as a believer in Jesus Christ. You are called, look at me. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are called to lay down your life for the sake of the gospel. That's your calling. Now, all of you have passions. Uh, a, a man that I respect tremendously, he's on our leadership team as well. His name is Shane Duffy. He, 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 he taught me about this. He taught me about how you have calling, which is what I just described, this laying down everything for the kingdom of God. Then you have passions that God has given you that you are to pursue for the sake of the kingdom of God. It's when you get your passion and you put your passion above your calling that you get in trouble. It's when you get your passion above your calling that you stop living on mission for the kingdom of God and you start living on mission for your own kingdom. So we want to keep our calling above our passion. So what do I mean? I mean, be a teacher for the kingdom of God. Build businesses for the kingdom of God. Be engineers for the kingdom of God. Be doctors and nurses for the kingdom of God. Have families and raise children for the kingdom of God. Be software developers for the kingdom of God. I don't know. What do you want to do? What's your passion? What are you pursuing? Pursue that for the kingdom of God. Everything falls underneath the kingdom of God for believers in Christ Jesus. So, I gave you an example, the parable. I'm I'm purposely leaving it unended. I want you to consider whether that man's life was a success or not. Maybe think about ways that it could have been. Maybe think about ways that he could have submitted to the kingdom of God. But I do have an example, a real example, of a life well lived. A life worthy of imitation. A successful life. A life poured out for the sake of the gospel. A life that started with much, that started with power, that probably started with lots of money, that started with having a career that was a dream career. And all of that, this person sold out for the kingdom of God and this person lost that career, lost that power, ended up becoming persecuted, ended up being arrested several times and ultimately ended up being martyred, killed, beheaded by Rome for the sake of the gospel. This man's name is Paul. He wrote much of the New Testament. And he wrote a letter to his young protege, Timothy, who was probably your age. He calls him young. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. And he writes this letter. And 2 Timothy, just so you know, is the last letters that, the last words that were penned by Paul that we know of. And he knows, he know, he's about to be beheaded by, in Rome. He's about to be beheaded and he knows it. And this is what he writes. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. 
What he means by that, all of me is being poured out for the kingdom of God. And the time of my departure has come. That time is coming for all of us. Our life is short. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Stop. When I read that, I'm like, yeah, of course God's going to award uh, Paul this crown. He wrote like most of the New Testament. He's Paul. I could never measure up to the apostle Paul. Of course he lived a life well lived. Of course he's saying, I've, you know, I've ran the race and I've, I've kept the faith. There's a crown for me. But that's not where this passage ends. Because God wants you to know that it's not just for Paul. It's not just for pastors that you admire. It's not just for professional Christians that you look up to and you think that there's some kind of like pedigree in Christianity. That's a whole bunch of hogwash. There's no pedigree in Christianity. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And only through the grace of Jesus Christ are we made right with God. Paul says, not only to me, but also to all who have loved Christ's appearing. Loved Christ appearing enough to lay down our life for the sake of his kingdom. There's a crown waiting for you, rally. There's a crown waiting for you, young people. At the end of a life well lived, a life poured out for the sake of the gospel, a life for the kingdom, what would happen if this generation of young people decided to live a life completely sold out for the kingdom of God? What would happen if this generation of young people started seeking the kingdom of God instead of seeking the American dream? What would happen if this generation of young people decided to set their minds on the things of heaven instead of the things of earth? What would happen if this generation of young people decided to selflessly and sacrificially serve the least of these? What would happen if this generation of young people decided to love the Lord their God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength and love your neighbor as yourself? What would happen, rally, if this generation of young people decided not to buy into the shallow and temporal ways of the world, but decided to live a radically devoted life pursuing the ways of Jesus? What would happen? If this generation of young people put their entire life on the altar before God and said, take my life as a sacrifice, I want to be consumed by you. What would happen if you, if you decided to yield your entire life to the service of the kingdom of God, whatever shape that may take? I believe that that's God's dream for your life. I believe that's what God's inviting all of us into. He's inviting you because he loves you into a kingdom life that you were made for. Will you surrender? If everybody would stand to your feet, bow your heads and close your eyes and let's just Let's reflect for a minute.
are ready to surrender everything to the kingdom of God. If God moved in you, if the Lord spoke to you or whispered to you, and you're like, your heart's beating, and you're like, yes, I want this. Yes to the kingdom of God. Yes, I'm in. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or, you know, come down front. I'm going to ask you to do whatever God's telling you to do right now. Some of you, he's telling you to get on your knees right now. Some of you, he's telling you to get on your face right now. Some of you, he's telling you to go into, like, to, to go into the foreign mission field right now. Some of you, he's telling you to pursue this career that you're after, but for the kingdom of God, he's given you ideas. I want you to surrender. If you are ready to surrender, this is between you and God right now. Can I tell you something? You're not surrendering to a life of ease. I'm not trying to pretend like that's going to bring you this, the most joyful, click in my heels kind of rainbows and butterflies life. Nope. You're surrendering to a life of purpose. And a life of purpose means I sacrifice that others may benefit. I lay down my life that others may experience the love of Jesus is what Christ exampled for us. Now you need to know because this is not a life of ease, you need people in your life who are like-minded, who are living this out with you. You need it. You cannot do this by yourself. The body of Christ, the church, exists for this very reason. We don't exist. The church doesn't exist that you might come, hear some awesome music, hear a message that you think, well, it's good, it's bad, and leave unchanged. It, it exists that you might come, that you might be stirred, that you might find community of believers who are living life on mission, and that you might be sent out together to change our communities, to change this world. So I want you to do business with God and we're gonna worship, but here's what I want you to do, Rally. I want you to commit to Rally. I want you to commit to a Rally group. I want you to commit to finding people who are like-minded to carry out this kingdom of God life together. I want you to commit to that. It's worth it. God loves you. died for you now go live for him father in heaven I say right now in front of every one of my younger brothers and sisters that I surrender my life to you I surrender I surrender to your kingdom let us be a people let us be a people who do not become lulled to sleep spiritually just by going with the flow of culture in the world. But let us be a people who will swim upstream that we might bring your kingdom to earth. 
by the way we sacrifice, by the way we love, by the way we pour out our lives. Let your kingdom come in our lives, not ours. We, we put to death our kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. We put to death our will. Not my will be done, Lord, but let your will be done. this generation and these young people that are hearing my voice right now will be so filled with your spirit and live the life that you've called them to live God don't let them waste it God I want to see lost people saved I want to see hurting people cared for, broken people made whole. It's only going to happen as we surrender. So help us. Help us. We worship you. We lay down our life and we say, refiner, come refine all the things out of us that we're trying to hang on to things of the world that we want, that we're unwilling to lay down, reveal that right now in Jesus' name to every soul in this room and every soul across the state. What is the thing we're holding on to, God? And as we sing this next song, I pray that you would show us and that we would give it to you to refine it, to burn it off, to consume it for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.